0: It gives me great pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Sue Smith. Put your hands
1: together as she comes to speak. Thank you, everybody. And it's my opportunity to say thank you on behalf of Jeff and myself for all of your support for the work that we do overseas. It's greatly appreciated. But before I start speaking what's on my heart, I actually have something else. I'd ask Daniel if he wouldn't mind bringing up a chair for me. Because a lot of um, this year already, and end of last year, we've heard that verse from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I preached on that um, when we were overseas. And this was the best illustration that hit me for trusting in the Lord with, with all, you know, without leaning on your own understanding. And I shared it with Beth when thought I'd share it with you. So when I sit on this chair, I, I do it unconsciously because this chair is constructed and designed to take my weight. I trust it. And God is inviting us when he says, trust in me, without leaning on your own understanding, that we have a relationship with a God, if I dare say it, constructed to take our weight. He says, lean on me, trust in me, sit on my lap. You know, you can absolutely depend on me without having to worry or think about it. It's an unconscious act of trusting him. But a chair is just a chair, right? It cannot give me back anything. Daniel, you can take that. But God gives us back so much when we trust in him. He guides us, protects us, provides for us. I mean, the list is endless. So I just, next time you sit on a chair, just think about trusting in God. Next time you're very worried about something and need to trust him, sit on a chair and remind yourself that, that you can trust him absolutely. He won't let you down. That chair is constructed not to let us down. Yeah. But there have been a number of messages this recent period, and we just heard a bit from David now, about living our lives for Jesus. You know, not letting distractions or discouragement uh, make us move away, you know, falter and stumble, not letting challenges and troubles make us give up. Now, Jeff and myself... We lived in a part of the world that um, was full of challenges. It was an interesting place to live. So bomb blasts, kidnappings, attacks, they were normal in the city where we lived. Um, I did a landmine course. That is not constructing them. That's identifying and avoiding them. And Jeff and I drove through a road that had been recently cleared through kilometer after kilometer of landmines. We dealt with, we still do deal with issues of terrorism and extremism. Um, And like most of you, oh, something else I wrote down, we've counseled the the tortured But we've also counselled the torturer. And like most of you here, you know, we've worked 36 hours a day, eight days a week, down that coal mine, at the coal face, digging up the coal. Not really. We're not really coal miners, but you get what I mean. That it's been hard at times. Problems at the worst possible moment. Not enough people to do the work. There's tension, uncertainty, grief. But there's also been a tremendous amount of joy and peace and victories. We've made friendships that have scanned the decades. There's lives saved and transformed, and a great purpose and a joy in our lives. So how did we do it? How are we doing it? I'm traveling again in three weeks time. How are we doing it? How do you do it in your situation? So I want us to take us to a man called Stephen in the book of Acts. He was a deacon. That's just the title of a man who's spiritual and yet is a practical man of helps. And in that first century church, they were trying to get themselves organized. And so his gifting, his role, was just to help grow the church, knit people into the body, make sure things functioned smoothly. But in Acts 6, Stephen was described as a man full of God's grace and power, who did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. It was a prerequisite of a deacon that they were full of the spirit and wisdom and I can say that grace and power were directly linked to the fact that Stephen was full of the spirit. So this morning I want to think about what it means to be a person of grace and power like Stephen. Because if anything will enable me to walk the Jesus walk, not get distracted or diverted, it's having God's power and grace in my life. That makes the difference. Oh, I could put it another way. How do you and I stay true to God's teachings and his character, not only when life is easy, but when it's so difficult that giving up is a viable option? And I face that place, I'm sure you have too. How do we go through life as the best brother, sister, daughter, son, mother, father, friend, colleague, employer, employee? How do I avoid falling into temptation when those tricky moments arrive and and they tempt us? And they do come, even now they do come facing us. How do I have the light and life of Jesus Christ in my life so that I can share it with others wherever I go? Well, from Pastor Raju, Pastor David, and far this year, we've already received two of the keys for doing this. And the first one that they told us about was worship. Far, I remember talking about this so clearly. Never cease to praise God. Have praise and worship songs going. But more than that, have a praise and worship lifestyle. You know, that's at the core, the heart of your being. Prayer. Again, we heard about that today. Never stop praying. We pray in faith. God sees, he hears, and in his perfect timing, his perfect way, he is going to answer. He will answer our prayers But to that list, Jeff and I have a third piece of advice that has sustained us, you know, all of the troubles uh, that we've seen and the difficult places we've been in. And that's having the Holy Spirit as a part of your life. Letting him be our companion and guide through every moment of the day. So then, who is the Holy Spirit? So just briefly, we have... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the Trinity. God reveals himself in his word as one person in three persons. He's one God in three persons. And every person, each of those three persons, has their own role, yet they love and serve and respect the others. They work in perfect unity together. So when I'm talking about walking with the Holy Spirit, that's a relationship just as special as me walking with Jesus or me loving and knowing God, my heavenly Father. One doesn't exclude the other, but we should not have the others with the exclusion of a one. And so we need to keep in relationship with the Holy Spirit as we do with Father and Son. Just before his arrest, Jesus said to his disciples that he must go, but he would not leave them alone. After his ascension to heaven, he would ask the Father to send them another counselor, to give them another counselor to be with them forever, the Spirit of Truth. You'll see that on the screen, John 14. And this promise was for them and all the generations of the believers across the world. So Jesus basically was saying, I can't be there to mentor you because I've got another job to do. We know he had to die on the cross, go through all of that. But when I get to heaven, I'll ask the Father to send you someone, the Holy Spirit, who can be with you forever as your helper, your counselor, your teacher, your guide. I'm going through a lot of scriptures now that just reinforce this. Jesus said, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I've said. Some translations have, and he'll remain with you. That's just so nice, you know. Jesus had to do other things, but the Holy Spirit stays with me all the time. Jesus had to go to heaven, but the Holy Spirit is with us here and now all the time and with believers across the world. Jesus is telling us that there's a God companion available for Christians who will walk with us through the easy times, but the tough times too. Who will be in the mundane, but he'll also be in those challenging and extraordinary things that we face in life. We've got an offer of one of the Trinity to be with us all the time. That is a pretty cool offer, isn't it? Better than two for the price of three or whatever it is in the supermarkets. So why do I, here in Gosnells, watching online, need the help and companionship of the Holy Spirit? Easy to answer question. God gave us a job to do and we need his help to do it. It started in the first century with those disciples. The job wasn't completed in their generation, so it passes generation to generation, reaches us here today. Before he went to heaven, Jesus said, When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you must also testify. That's the job. Not too difficult, is it? Just speak about Jesus. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, that's the job. The resurrected Jesus said to his disciples, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, Gosnals, and the end of the earth. And it's recorded in Acts that the Holy Spirit came on. He baptized Jews and Gentiles, starting in the upper room and then spreading over a vast area. And people, how did that happen? Well, people witnessed to people who became Christians, who witnessed to people who became Christians, who witnessed to people who became Christians. I mean, that's how you do it. The job is simply to tell others about Jesus. Yes, yes, amen. They were then baptized in water, praise God for that, and in the Holy Spirit, although not necessarily in that order. You know, I am here today because somebody in my work witnessed to me, told me about the Lord, took me to their church. I was baptized in water, filled with the Spirit, and have been walking the Jesus walk for these past 1977, before most of you here were born. (laughs) So Jesus tells us what the Holy Spirit will do as our companion through life's journey. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth. He won't let us get sidetracked or deceived. He won't if we walk with him. He will not speak on his own, He'll only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. The Holy Spirit removes all fear about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about what tomorrow will bring. He helps us to understand the times we live in. And we have an awareness of how things are going to unfold. He will glorify me. This is going on with that scripture. Jesus, the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Because it is from me that he will receive what he'll make known to you. If you want to live a life that glorifies Jesus, be full of the Holy Spirit. So I've been giving you lots of verses of information. So I'm going to do a recap here just to make sure we're all on the same page, right? So all of these verses and loads more that I know if we had an hour, two or three or four or five, you know, we could have gone into, but we know the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's God. This, as I said, makes the gift of the Holy Spirit such a valuable gift. God in my living room, God on the train, God with me at work, God at school, God, wherever I go, with me as my companion. He's a counselor and teacher. He's a truth teller because he is the spirit of truth. Do I want to know the truth of a situation? Do I want to know what God thinks of me? The spirit will tell us. He's a truth teller. He tells things as they really are. And he speaks of these things because he's heard them in heaven. There's a conversation going on in heaven, Father, Son, and Spirit. And he brings the truths of that conversation, the truths of this word into our lives. He's a person who's present with us and brings godly power with him. And also something I haven't developed, but he has feelings, emotions, every One of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have feelings, and we can offend him. So I'm going to try and pack that into a few sentences. So as God walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and Jesus walked with the disciples, we have the Holy Spirit to walk with us as a caring, feeling, companion, and guide Because just like Adam and Eve and the disciples had a job to do, God gave them a job to do, he's given us a job too, to be witnesses for Jesus to the whole earth. Because it's God's work, God knows that we need his help to do it. You receive the power of the Holy Spirit coming on you to be my witnesses because we cannot do it in our own strength or our own wisdom or even our own courage. We need the Holy Spirit's help. So what does this power look like? Well, I think that the Holy Spirit Animates us. We have energy, vibrancy, or oh, I don't know, action, activity. Um, it doesn't matter how frail this outer tent is, the Holy Spirit brings such an energy and, and uh, invigoration that we know from nowhere else. No, forget about power drinks. You know, if you want power and energy in your life, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit motivates us. He makes us enthusiastic. We're determined because we do want to succeed, don't we, in being witnesses for Jesus in the whole earth? Give me a wave if you agree we do want to succeed. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to preach the gospel. He does to to speak boldly. Now, I don't mean boldly brash, you know, forceful. I mean being wise and eloquent, confident, persuasive, being clear. He gives us that ability. And as we were hearing today, he gives us the ability to do miracles, to confirm the preaching of his word. And all these. you know, I'm hungry and thirsty for more miracles. That Go alongside our testimony of Jesus Christ. This is my God at work. See what he's doing. And the Holy Spirit enables us to live our lives in a way that honors God. And this not only models Jesus for those who watch us and listen to us, that we can be witnesses. It's actually good for us. You want to be healthy? Be full of the Holy Spirit. He just, there's a quality of life he gives to the inside, changing us from the inside out. So, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, was described as a man full of God's grace and power. A part of that power was the Spirit enabled Stephen to be gracious. And he enables us to be gracious too, to live graciously. So Acts four thirty three, and I haven't got this on the screen. It says, With great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them. For the apostle Paul, grace was the power to work harder than others and to suffer more for Jesus. So how does grace work? What does it look like? Well, grace in the New Testament, you all know, you Bible scholars, it's charis, from which we get the word charismatic. And charis just means sweet. It can also mean favor. It can be attractive. It can be winsome. There is a holy attractiveness. Have you ever stood in the front of the mirror and thought, do I look attractive? (laughs) You know, do I still have it? My husband thinks I do. But there's a holy attractiveness about being filled with the Holy Spirit, about belonging to Jesus. And, and you, you have it. So when you next stand in the mirror, you can say, oh, I'm attractive. I am attractive. There's a winsomeness about us. So how do we describe that grace? We describe it by its effects in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We call them the fruit of the Spirit. We can't fake those. They're the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I wanted to give you, you've be very patient listening to all of this, but I wanted to give you an example from my own life. I've lived and worked past most of my life, 40 years, in a country where women are told to shut up and be quiet, not be seen. So I was a leader there for many of those years, so that meant that I had to nurture Strength. So I am what they label a strong woman. Now, I know that strong women aren't the easiest people in this world to get on with. I hear strong men are the same, but I'm not going down that path. But I don't always get it right, even though I'm trying to live my life by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes my flesh rises up and I don't you know, seek God and I make a decision. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to be patient, self-controlled, kind. I want to be known as a sweet, strong woman, (laughs) not a sour and horrible. I don't want to be a bully. With the Holy Spirit's help, I've learned not to carry grudges or offenses, to say sorry quickly, to accept other people's apologies and then move on. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit can completely erase stuff from your memory so that you could move on in great peace and love. I do see the Holy Spirit changing and helping me, and I want him to go on doing that because I know I'm not there yet. So here's a question for you. Unless you were there and saw someone being saved, how would you know they were? How would you know they were a Christian? It was a problem that the early church had too. And so they sent Barnabas to visit a church in Antioch where Gentiles, non-Jewish people had come to Christ. He was there you know, to do a spot check on them. Were these really believers? He's, it is written that he saw the evidence of the grace of God in this group of believers. The fruit of the Spirit being lived out in their lives, in their families, in their church. And then he could say, definitely, these are Christians. So So if I came, or if somebody came to your house and spent a few days in my house, or followed me to work, would it be their conclusion that this is definitely a Christian? Well, I certainly want that for me. I I want my life to be a witness for Jesus Christ. I might be the only witness that somebody has in their life, and I want it to count. So I'm drawing things to a conclusion, but taking us back to Stephen, described as a man full of God's grace and power. This means that he lived by the Spirit every day in fellowship with him, listening to his voice. I have another story to tell you here. And you'll see a picture on the screen of a golf ball typewriter. Back when the days of Noah, when computers were just being invented, this golf ball typewriter used to be used as a printer with new computers. There was no um, page selection in those days. You just put your document in and printed it out. So I was doing that. And I heard the Holy Spirit's voice clearly say, change the ink cartridge, the ink's going to run out. And I laughed and said, oh, no, it won't. God, you know, I changed that ink cartridge a few days ago. Got a long way into the printing, the ink cartridge ran out. And I heard his voice in my ear, the Spirit's voice in my ear saying, if you won't listen to me For the small things of life, how are you going to hear my voice in the big things? A few years later, I was in a place where I had a decision to make. I could catch a flight, 45 minutes, or I could take a 16-hour bus ride through the night over some very rough terrain. But I felt that prompting of the Holy Spirit, to catch the bus. That flight I would have been on was found, the plane was found six years later where it had crashed into a mountain with everybody on board killed. If you can't trust hear me in the small things, how are you going to hear me in the big things of life? It's serious, guys. That lesson with the golf ball typewriter meant that I'm still here today, really. Paul writes about being led by the Spirit. He asks us to live by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. So this changes the picture somewhat. It's no longer the Holy Spirit in my life walking with me. But it's me being included in what the Spirit is doing, what God's about. You know, I get to walk with Him. I have the joy and privilege of walking in what God is doing and being a part of His purposes and plans. And of course, both things are true. He walks with us in our lives, we get to walk with Him in what He's doing. One isn't exclusive of the other because we have this job to do. To be witnesses for Jesus Christ in the place where he plants us. To speak for him, to live for him, to let our lives glorify God. So the band can come up. I was filled with the Holy Spirit a couple of weeks after listening to a message, something like this. The man was talking about the Holy Spirit. I have no memory of what he spoke about now. But I know that it worked in me, this huge desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And at that I was praying a few weeks later, and I was sovereignly baptized in the Holy Spirit. I couldn't stop speaking in tongues for about three, years, three weeks. I still speak in tongues 40 odd years later, but three weeks I smiled all the time. And I think I skipped everywhere I went with this infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is the start of a 44 for me year relationship and I want to be someone who is sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice so I can be in the right place at the right time doing the right things. I want to be a woman that's full of God's grace so I can walk the Jesus walk. No turning back. You who were baptized recently and got your certificates, no turning back, guys. Be filled with the Spirit. No getting sidetracked. I want people to see Jesus in me. Forget the Sue, forget the strong woman. May they see Jesus in me. I hope that's what you want, too. I want the power to speak confidently and eloquently and wisely about Jesus. I so want the power to do the miraculous that will confirm the truth of my words as I speak about Jesus. Miraculous provision in answer to prayer in the name of Jesus. It's healing, but it's more than healing. It's what's needed in a situation. I've prayed for water to come to a home, and it has. I want the power to act graciously, to be a gracious Christian, not a bully, but kind and compassionate, slow to take offense, quick to forgive. I want the power to do the job that God has given me to do, and to do it well, to be a witness in the place where he plants me. Would you mind standing as we end this service? But if you know that you just want to belong to Jesus at this point, that you've never, ever belonged to Jesus before, and that you want to know that your sins are forgiven and that you're his and he's yours, then I would ask that you'd put up your hand and we'll pray for you. At the end of the service, you can come forward and talk to Pastor Rochelle, Pastor David, Pastor Raju. But now, if you just would like to know that you belong to Jesus, would you put your hand on, would you put your hand up? Thank you, I see that hand, and I see that hand. You could put your hand down, but any others, just as we wait a minute. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'd ask that everybody here pray it with me and we're praying it especially with you who have raised your hand I'll say a phrase and then say it after me Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ for too long I've kept you, too long kept you out of my life I know that I'm a sinner, I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot, save I cannot save myself you're knocking on the door of my heart today And I choose to let you in. in. Into my heart and into my life. life. By faith, faith. I gratefully received your gift of salvation.
0: salvation.
1: Thank you, Jesus, for bearing my sins. sins. And giving me me the gift of eternal life. I'm ready to trust you. And follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life today. Amen. But friends, as you're standing there, if you're hungry and thirsty for more of the Holy Spirit, if you want... God-given energy again in your life, if you want a new passion for the lost, revitalized prayer life, an explosion of worship, if you want a release of the miraculous, if you're a Christian struggling to break old habits, to forgive, the Holy, want to be filled and flooded in you with the Holy Spirit, filled for the first time, renewed again, would you come forward? Because that's what I want for my life. There's a lot of space here. Come forward and let's join together. And I'm going to put Pastor David on the spot. Would you pray? come and pray for us? Because, friends, I really believe this is the next step for Real Life Church. We want to be those sharp, clear witnesses for Jesus at this time in this world. So I'm going to stand in the front, and I ask you to come and join me.
0: Father, we we just thank you, Lord, for that word we've just heard, that word of encouragement. Thank you, Lord, that you've stirred our hearts, all of us, Lord. You're stirring us. And, Lord, we live in a dry and thirsty land, Lord, a spiritually dry and thirsty land. And, And sometimes, Lord, we can become dry ourselves. We know that. But sometimes we don't often realise that we're dry till we're reminded about Your presence in our life like this morning. And so we pray for us all, for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit for 2024. Lord, we can't get through this year. We can't be fruitful except by You working our lives, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that You are with us. Thank You, Lord. You hear it with this today in this service. And so we say, breath of God, Holy Spirit, fall afresh upon us all, upon real life church today. Pray for us here at the front. Fall upon us afresh today. We pray you'll continue to stir our heart. Lord, we don't want just this Sunday just to be, you know, Lord, a succession of Sundays and all oh, we dealt with that subject and we, we, then we forget. Lord, we pray Holy Spirit that there'll be a momentum will begin to build in our lives in a real life church as a group. Lord, a, a fresh momentum of being hungry for more of God and being hungry for the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just pray this. So breath of God, breathe upon us all today. Fill us afresh. We pray over this coming week that Lord, Holy Spirit, Your presence will be strong in our lives. We pray we'll have ears to hear What the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us is is, is, is so shared. Lord, we want to hear Your voice leading and guiding us. May people see Your presence in us, the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, we want people to know we're Christians before we even actually have to tell them that we're Christian. Lord, we pray. We pray too for the supernatural working of signs and wonders. Lord, not just for our lives, but Lord, for our friends' lives. We pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can bring your love to people. So come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh upon us today. And as we go on our way from this place, we go, Lord, knowing that you're doing a work deep in our lives. We pray this and Lord, bless our fellowship now, may it be sweet, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. and they shouted. Can we give the Lord a hand? Come on. God bless you, everybody. You're going to have a marvellous week. Amen. Enjoy your fellowship together. God bless you.